0: Yeah, welcome to the Recycle Misfits of Recycling Garage. Oh, it's
1: like you're there.
2: <laughs> hey there, welcome to Motorcycles and Misfits. Now, coming to you from the Recycle Garage... I can't,
3: I can't even sunny in it, very cannot, windy like, and
2: blustery. In, in blustery Santa Cruz. It's windy. It's California. Blustery. It's
0: only seventy miles an hour wind.
2: It is. <laughs> it's it's a it's a shit show out there. I'm just gonna say it. Um, hey everyone, this is Liza, and yeah, we're in the midst of a mega storm right now. Hoping that the power stays on so we can continue the show. But that didn't stop everyone from coming here to be on the show today, and I really appreciate that.
3: Hey, we show up for our buddies. Hey. The full
0: house.
2: That's right, we do. So let's get to who is here with me on the classic girl couch. It's Miss Emma.
1: Tralala. Um, it's actually called a Pineapple Express, darling, because the storm originates in Pineapple. Yeah, no, it originates in Hawaii and gathers steam as it comes across the uh, Pacific, to be specific. And pineapples. (laughs) And pineapples. Excuse me. Bless you, darling. Do you have a mouthful of mallow? No, actually, I have a mouthful of Lebkuchen, courtesy of one of our guests. Yes. (laughs) Um,
2: And joining us, uh, well, you heard him on the intro. (laughs) It's Charlie.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what you
2: me. get. <laughs> you know, it's pretty much something. what you, what you see is what you get with Charlie. Uh, I think that's one of the things we all appreciate. There's no surprises. There's no mystery. I'll
0: surprise you every time.
2: It's Charlie. Just it's just Charlie. Yep. I'll always always uh, dependably Charlie.
4: Yep. <laughs> He's a
2: good egg. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. He all right. That's what I say. He all right. Mm-hmm. Um, and taking Jim's seat because Jim uh, just got back from his, as I call it, uh, idiots on idiots uh, desert trip. We'll <laughs> get to that. So taking Jim's seat, it's cat.
3: Uh, skull. I, I hear Jim can't be here because he still has sand in his eye.
2: <laughs> He's seen oh. things. He's done things.
3: <laughs> uh, the cookies that uh, that uh, Emma's noshing away on, in which you will hear on your mic, are uh, McLeod ginger targes. Uh, Ooh. Handmade by myself. If you want a really disturbing image, imagine a slightly worn, aging, and rotund Viking wearing a kitchen uh, apron and making cookies. Yeah, that's You
2: perfectly me. described me.
3: <laughs> oh, there's a cat loose in here as well. <laughs>
2: yeah. Uh, but of course, um, uh, also equally reliable. Oh,
5: yeah.
1: It's bagel.
5: Greetings from the very, relatively mild Pacific Northwest.
1: So I'm presuming, Bagel, that the storm didn't hit you. It's all the California thing.
5: Pretty much, we, we've had a little bit of rain here and there, just you know, some showers that have passed through, but nothing too big. Um, we actually had a pretty temperate week. We uh, last weekend and in the beginning of last week, uh, we had nice enough weather to go out riding for a couple of days. Good lord, so that was that was nice. Um, I got up and enjoyed that.
1: Yeah, fantastic. No, and no, actually, I, I I have to say, California is quite mild right now, even by California standards. But mm-hmm. it's like <laughs> 70 miles an hour wind. And any time the rain is horizontal, it's always a bad thing.
2: Well, yeah, yeah. and uh, you were stuck in traffic uh, coming here because, as we call it, the fishhook, which is a freeway interchange, that's backed up because it, it looks like they're closed the highway where it goes over the river, the bridge, which I think is a oh, safety really? thing. And then Charlie uh, got caught behind a tree down coming from another direction.
0: Yeah. a Tree fell on top of a car in front of me.
2: And Cat cat wow. yeah. came the furthest distance and came unscathed. So that's good.
3: Yep. No, there's just a couple of, well, obviously idiots who do not how to drive in the rain. Yeah. Wrecks here and there. But thankfully, no serious <laughs> backups.
2: Yeah. And Scotty was here. Uh, hanging out with me in the garage, and then Scotty got a, a text and was like, "Shit, I gotta go." Showed me a picture of the the house across the street. The entire tree fell on to the neighbor's house, but even like the tree roots took out like the whole fence to the other house. Yeah. Like I mean, just, wow. so we we brag often about our, our weather being so wonderful, and that's because it is wonderful like three hundred and sixty days a, a yeah year. for the
3: most part we and then there are
2: five days that
1: just horror
2: that are just horror and I think they were saying in like <laughs> that San Francisco this weekend was gonna get like three years of rain in six hours. <laughs>
1: Wow! <laughs> oh
2: my God, yeah, it's just, it's just so. Yeah, we're in the middle of it. So no,
3: our best client, uh, Layered Escapes, is up in Tahoe right now. His job is he is he drives a snowplow, and any time he does overtime, that's money for his trip for me. So anytime there's heavy snow up there, that means he's coming and taking the trip. So he's hard at work nice. right now, Great. pushing tons of snow.
1: And actually, Literally. you know, they have pretty wild weather events in England. I vividly remember, gosh, back in the late eighties. I mean, it's become almost legendary. There was this, um, I think it was around November 87 or something, there was, oh, there's going to be a small storm, and it's like <laughs> thousands of trees down, houses flattened, <laughs> yeah. you know, power out for a week. Well, uh, we may have underestimated Do the that English bit... do the
3: same thing of understatement that the Aussies do? Oh, You know, yes. when, like, like, things are absolutely horrific and it's a horrible,
1: well, yeah, it was a bit warm. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Everything was on fire. Yeah. Um, you know, the my favourite is always um, from the police. He's helping us with our inquiries, which basically means he's been beaten up and thrown in the back <laughs> of his <herself. laughs> cell. Yes, he's helping us with our inquiries.
2: So I wanted to, Emma. I just wanted to jump into. Yes, um, here. Let me let me pass some of these. Yeah, out. no, I, I'd this love this to. Yes, yes. We yes, have yes, a yes. bunch of emails from our topic um, last week. I just want to well our, our our side topic our controversial subject I wanted to just kind of read these and then we're gonna we're gonna get to this okay All right. so uh this is in regards to dyeing your brake fluid cat Charlie you're kind of <laughs> new to this we're filling you in <laughs> the, the concept the theory that I put, that I put out there is is there anything you can add to your master cylinder that would... Color the fluid so that as you're flushing it through, you know when you have complete, completed the flush. That's that's the right, the right question. Right, right. Yeah, it sounds so, like a good concept. And it's a, it's a wonderful concept, but it's a, it's a question. It's a question. I've, I've done more research, but we also have some responses I want yes. to get to. Um, let me get this short one, uh, and you can do that. This one is from David, who says, David, uh, for bleeding breaks, can't you make sure? all of the fluid has been replaced volumetrically. If you have bled out more fluid than the tank holds, wouldn't it be reasonable to assume that most of the old fluid is out of the system? Incredibly
1: smart. This is
2: a very common opinion on all the forums I was reading. Yeah. So my question is, what is the volume of the fluid in my KTM 990 that goes mm -hmm. from the master cylinder up to the ABS system and back down to the caliper? What is that volume? How do I know what that is? It is X. I don't know what that is.
3: Yeah, because it's not just the cylinder. It's also all the fluid in the lines you have to consider. I just, I mean, how expensive really is brake fluid versus how badly do you want your brakes to feel nice and firm? I just always give it a bit of extra myself. I like it when you
1: feel like you're crushing a brick. Yeah. Yep. I like that brick crushing feel, but
3: I liked the idea of adding something to it. So the question is, what can you add that is not deleterious to your lines or your system, and and also was a
1: clear color? The tears of your enemies. Mm, well, well, but yes. if you
0: have any like <laughs> Don't air or like gunk or whatever in the freaking <sighs> brake system, replacing all the fluid doesn't necessarily get the air bubble out.
1: Actually, you know what? Tears of the sobbing scooterist. You see, you missed out on a valuable marketing opportunity there, Bagel, because you could oh. collected all those crocodile tears you shed in that film, yes. and then sell them it, it, as brake fluid <laughs> indicators. I'm not quite sure. Uh, are, are his... Tears blue or something? Well, I I, think I should should know. I should think they're salty and ginger colored (laughs) like the rest of it.
5: (laughs) But but alas, they are not hygroscopic. (laughs) (laughs) Oh.
2: Ah, nasty Uh, business. (laughs) I wanted to share another response. Yes. And this one is from our good friend friend Phil Waters, who um, I thought had a a reasonable response that gave me a little more hypothetical information. And I'm going to. Say one of the, the things a lot of the people responded just don't do it, and then my question is why, why? not? Right. And what What are some of the things? Now my theory is hypothetical, so people's responses of why you shouldn't I accept hypothetical responses because none of us really have done the test. Yes. So um, what Phil said is Emma is one hundred percent right adding anything to your dot three or dot four brake fluid is begging for problems. Hygroscopic is only one element of brake right. fluid. The dye in question could react in an unknowable number of ways with all the other elements of your braking system. One thing that comes immediately to mind would be forming small crystals that could damage seals and mating surfaces inside an ABS system. Right. All right. Just bleed your brakes carefully. You'll be fine. So I appreciate that. Some something I didn't consider. We were talking about what are some of the possible things. Well, one, boiling point would lower. Right. right? Um, Corrosion. And possibly crystallization. That's interesting. And gelling as well. This
1: is a very, very… Gelling. Gelling
2: of the fluid? Yeah, gelling of the fluid.
1: Thickening. And this is something that people don't realize. And I I encourage you, if you have an old bike in the garage um, and you've replaced (laughs) the brake lines with… you know, stainless steel lines. Take the old rubber lines and cut them and have a look at what they're actually oh. like because they're about the diameter of your pinky. It's like
2: clogging of your artery kind of thing.
1: The, the hole in the middle is very small indeed. Mm. Everyone gets this impression that a brake, uh, brake hose, a rubber brake hose, because it's the size of your pinky diameter. Well, it's really thick. Yeah, but the it hole within so it doesn't expand. isn't. Sense. And I've come across many, many bikes on the ramp funnily enough european bikes seem to suffer from this a little bit more of where the brake hose itself is clogged and the easiest thing to do when you have a clogged brake hose throw it away (laughs) because it basically means that the internal structure of the hose is breaking down and that's another thing as phil quite rightly points out the hygroscopic nature Mm. is just one element. Yeah. Gelling, crystallization, acidity. You might change the acidic or alkaline nature of the fluid to where it starts eating away at the hoses. So and once they start eating away inside, um, you're asking for a plugged hose. And believe you me, if you've got a plugged brake hose, you compound the problem because it plugs... And then you're pumping away at it and you're ramming more fluid and debris behind it right. and really compacting that plug down. Like I say, the easiest thing, if you've got a plugged hose, throw it away.
2: You have an email there to read, Emma?
1: I do indeed. And it's, it's, I mean, it's really a corroboration of what everybody else has said. Mm-hmm. But the second par- paragraph, it's I think, is just lovely. So um, this is from Daniel Rogers. Hey, Daniel. Cheers, Cheers, Daniel. And this email clearly comes from Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. (laughs) 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 Ha-ha! You see what I did there? see what you did there. For those of you who are younger
3: than 50, there used to be a TV (laughs) program on involving a kind of very sweet but creepy guy, but actually turned out to be a decent guy who did a children's show for a long time.
4: Oh,
2: and you know what? There was also... This is a callback to a conversation we had before we started
1: recording. There's a train on... Oh, Mr. God, Rogers Dameron. No. Yes, there is. We're not talking about that subject. <laughs> no. I mean, I don't mind controversy on the show, but certain things that are in the shape of certain things from your childhood is very taboo. Anyway, let's go to it. This is from Daniel Rogers. Hello, misfits. 1st longtime listener slash fan. And I've even written in a couple of times. More on that later, but first, break fluid. No, no, no. And that was actually in capital letters. Do not add anything to your brake fluid. Please listen to Miss Emma. I'm not a mechanic, but I'm a chemistry professor. Bloody hell, it doesn't get any better than that. True, my expertise is not brake fluid chemistry, but that's okay. Brake fluid is a corrosive fluid, literally eating the parts of your bike you spill it on. That is yeah, largely true. true. Anything you add to the reservoir has the potential to react unfavorably and compromise the composition of your brake fluid or the hoses or other hardware in the system. These reactions may even introduce gases into your brake line. That's mm. true. Ooh, gases. That's a new one. Yes. Mm. Not worth the risk to save $2. Buy the proper dot fluid for your bike. You do not need a colour change to effectively flush your system. It's not some Hollywood colonic. <laughs> hey, I want a Hollywood All colonic. Right. he's smart and funny. This is how we clean glassware in the lab. We rinse everything at least three times. It's also how I apply to this concept to clean and maintain my braking system. On my bike, I estimate the volume of the brake system. We'll look it up in the shop manual. For example, if your muscle cylinder is 5cm by 3cm by 3cm, 45 milliliters. This is simple math. We learned this at our mathematics teacher's knee.
2: But as we said,
1: you're not including... Right. The hoses are about 5 millimeter in diameter, Mm -hmm. ID 2.5 millimeter radius and one meter long, Mm -hmm. another 20 milliliters. Wait
2: a minute. Was that external measurement or internal? He gave both. Okay.
1: That's a total of about 65 milliliters. If you want to be, at, if you want to be safe, add another 10 to 20 milliliters for the cylinders. I'd actually go mm-hmm. higher than that. Simply measure the volume you recover from the bleed screw. If you've recovered three volumes, which is 195 to 200 milliliters, you've pushed more than enough fluid through to have flushed the system. Two hundred milliliters of soda bottle, which also happens to be a handy vessel to bring the spent f- brake fluid back to the auto parts store. Finally, on my brake lecture, always open a new bottle for each service. Very, very smart because yeah, I don't do that either. Well, hang on, Hydroscopic. brake fluid is literally sucking moisture out of Mm -hmm. the atmosphere. Then
2: why don't they sell tiny
1: bottles? (laughs) Well, (laughs) they do. Well, the bottles you buy are
0: usually for cars. Right. It just has a much larger mass facility. And if you
1: actually buy motorcycle-specific brake fluid, like the stuff we use at Mototown, it comes in smaller bottles, Mm -hmm. you know, about half the size. Even so, I've been so conditioned... You know, I get a lot of brake jobs in, so I don't change the bottle for every job. But I do two things. The first thing you notice when you take the lid off a brake fluid bottle...
0: little foil thing.
1: ...is a little foil thing. Right. Rather than rip it off, I punch two tiny little holes in it. The first tiny little hole is to let the fluid out. The second tiny little hole is to let the air in while you're pushing the fluid out. I also, and this may be overkill... I've got this giant box of O-rings. I'll stick an O-ring under the lid and screw it back on when I'm done with it. That extends the life to maybe a week before, you know, it's it's got... Yeah, I'm just going to say, we've got... Flu- brake fluid out there has been out
2: there for years. Yeah. And truthfully, it's
1: probably but, okay. But
2: did you finish that
1: email? anyway, gonna... um, Anyway, lecture done. This is the second paragraph. This is my favorite. I also wanted to say thank you to Miss Emma. A number of years ago, she sent out Emma's Army stickers, which I gave to my kids to put on their toolboxes. My daughter built doll furniture, and my son builds model cars and robots. Jump forward many years. My daughter just got her driving license. Oh, God, I feel so old. (laughs) Before I let her get her license... I make, made her change the oil and change a tire on the car because I think that's something she should know how to do, even if in the future she chooses to pay someone else to do it for her. It's a her. good father. She's the one that remembered and commented on the Miss, Army, Miss Emma's Army sticker on her long forgotten toolbox. Thank you, Miss Emma. That little sticker, all those years ago, helped to normalize tools and working and designing with your hands to both my then little girl and little boy. I'm very grateful. Dan from Cape Cod. I got my first toolbox when I was five. That is just... And for me... I suddenly want an Amazon sticker. <laughs> well, there are still around. I'll, get, I'll give you an Amazon Army sticker. Um, for me, I, I really got into making model kits, and it was very clumsy at first, but I always enjoyed the exactness of it. And if you can make a replica of something, that's very, very small. And then I always used to do the same thing. I would build these fantastic aircraft or whatever, and then I'd hold it really close up to my eye and look inside and you could see the pilot's controls and the dashboard on it and all the stuff like that. Um, and I used to love doing stuff like that. And that really gave me the background to become a mechanic. Because it, you you get used to working with your hands, that becomes normalized. You'd be surprised the amount of people who are terrified of working with their hands. I'm terrible at it. Yeah, but you still do it, yeah, I but have a lot to. of people can't get beyond that terror. But the second thing, if you want to build a model kit that actually looks like a real airplane or a real car, you've got to do it correctly. And then that instills in you there is a correct way to do things. And usually the correct way to do things is to pick up the instruction manual and read the technique. And if you apply that technique, then it's going to come out well. Well, fast forward to being a mechanic, every single one of us use workshop manuals. Nowadays, we're very lucky because they're online. But even today, DRZ400 on the workshop Ramp, oh God, I can't remember the frigging valve clearances. So you go into the workshop manual, and there's all the all the genuine manuals you could possibly want. There's the there's the valve clearances I need. Set them to maximum. Send the bike out the door.
2: I mean, that's a fascinating story. Let's get back to brake fluid.
1: <laughs> okay,
2: <laughs> so <clears throat> I got another email from Peter hively and he says uh, basically the same thing: adding dye to brake fluid. Uh, in my opinion, Emma's right. Don't do it and don't encourage others to do it. The chemical properties of the brake fluid and the seals in the brake system are carefully matched. Yes. It's just not a good idea to mess with that if you don't know what you're doing. But Liza's idea isn't terrible. In fact, it used to be done all the time with a product called ATE uh, Super Blue. So yeah, uh, I want to share with you my extensive research on yes. this subject. And what's fascinating is the conversation that we had, and the opinions of somebody saying, "Well, why can't you do it?" And then other people saying, "Don't do it! Just don't do it!" And other people saying, "Why do you want to do it?" (laughs) Like it's been repeated over and over and over again in the VW form, in the Porsche form, (laughs) in the Camaro form, in the racing form, in like every. I went back to like two thousand and five. And people having the same conversation and the same responses over and over and over. Uh, which So I thought it was interesting that, oh, this has been happening. We've been here before. We will be oh. here again, right? So what he referred to, so what most people did, there were a lot of people who, like I, said, I want to see a color so I know when it's flushed through. right And it was easy to do because you could use the super blue. So what is Super Blue? Super Blue is a product made by ATE. They made a yellow brake fluid and a blue brake fluid. And it's really common to fluctuate between the two so that you would know when you flush through. And this was a common thing. Now, it's usually like car guys or racers, people who flush often. But then again, even racers, they know their bike so well, they know exactly the volume. Like it's just a repeat thing. Yes. But, you know, people who are wrenching and trying to, like, get better performance, they're the ones who are like, yeah, I just switched back and forth when I needed it. So why is ATE Super Blue no longer available? There was a state mandate or a federal mandate that said all brake fluid needs to be amber. And I believe this was due to people putting the wrong fluid right. in, which can then result catastrophically in fact, I found a, there was a report of an accident where somebody's brakes went out and the family died, kind of thing, because they put like the wrong fluid in or something. Right? They put water, wetter, right? In something, of something like it. that. So, and that, so that was 2013 that the federal mandate said all fluid needs to be amber. So a lot of the people who were having these conversations were the ones who were like, are used to that system, and they started saying, what else can I put in? And there were some people who were like, well, I put five drops of, uh, you know, f- food coloring. And then every- the same conversation we had, I'm not going to repeat it because everyone said the same thing. Then someone else would come in with something new, some more information. Um, and every now and then there's somebody who would break it down and say, well, uh, in fact, if you look at the uh, allowances on brake fluid because it's hygroscopic, how much, Um, water can be in it. There's an allowable percentage. So if you only use this many millimeters, you know, in your system, and if it has this much, then you're still within the specs. So there are some people who are like, it can be done if you're really aware of volume and all of that, not saying you should do it because you're still going to degrade it. But a lot of what they, what they were talking about, not in the process of flushing, but dying to dye the fluid, just they like having colored fluid. So, First thing I have is I have some information on the th- three basic kinds of brake fluid.3,.4 dot, dot four, and dot five, so we can better understand them. So dot three is a polyethylene glycol-based fluid that has been designed to withstand very cold temperatures without thickening, right. And to endure high temperatures without boiling. The typical boiling temperature of dot three fluid is around two hundred and fifty Celsius. This product usually has a yellow and amber appearance and a mild glycol odor. This product is slightly soluble in water. However, this does degrade the quality of the fluid if water mixes with the product. All DOT brake fluids must meet an industrial standard to be allowed for sale in the marketplace. So polyethylene glycol based. What's DOT 4? DOT 4 is glycol ether based or ether, ether based and have an addition of borate esters which improve its performance. What is a borate ester? It's a glycol-based brake fluids also contain a borate ester borate ester compound which acts as an additive to improve the fluid's properties such as its boiling po- po- point and corrosion resistance. So it's bringing the boiling point. Right. And as a uh, side raising note raising the boiling um, point. And as a
1: side note, you will occasionally see um, Dot 4 in a 600 racing application, which is a lot more expensive. They actually put a higher percentage of the borate esters in it to bring that temperature up.
2: Yes, so it can get to higher to get, higher temperatures.
1: So you've got two choices with the Dot 4. You've got the 600 plus racing and the normal Dot 4. Right. Anyway, carry on.
2: Okay, Dot 5 brake fluid. Yes, the silicon stuff. silicon yes. fluid, and it's used in most modern cars. So more expensive compared to others since it has a high bylining, no, high boiling point, and it has a dry boiling temperature of 356 degrees. Right. Um, so they have these three different types. But when we're talking about adding something, there, we're, we're acknowledging that all three of these are different compounds.
1: Exactly. And it's also worth noting that all of these are completely man-made. My argument is brake fluid technicians are far cleverer than I am, and I'm going to leave them to it. But I think the broader point I want to make is we are boneheads. We are complete boneheads, and all our listeners know that. But I also take a great deal of pride in putting out a show that if we give advice, it's fundamentally sound. Not necessarily good advice, but it's sound advice. We're not
2: giving advice, though.
1: Well, hang on. And everything we say not only couldn't get you in any kind of mechanical trouble or um, worse, cause you to crash your bike, or couldn't be interpreted as that. And I think what the modern world that we live in, you see a lot of public figures making these ridiculous comments. And you say, how can these people who are supposedly intelligent be so stupid? And the the real answer is they're not. But somewhere along the line, what they actually said was either taken out of context or taken out of um, understanding, and it became something else. So when you put out a public show like we do, you really have to be very, very diligent that we're not going to suggest anything that even could remotely be interpreted as doing something. And I take a great deal of pride in that.
2: So to to continue with my findings, um, I found that there are products called tracer dyes. Right. And tracer dyes are used in many different hydraulic systems, water systems, cooling systems and many of them are actually um um what's what not fluorescent where you put the black light on it yeah yeah, yeah. phosphorant Mm -hmm. so that you can trace leaks in systems and the company that makes tracer dyes i checked with them they do make one and it says that it can be used in hydraulic systems like brake lines with an asterisk on brake systems and says, but you must do a complete and thorough flush afterwards. Mm. It is only used to find a leak in a system, right? Right. So it is not an additive that you can add. And they themselves say you need to completely flush it. I also found another person who actually emailed one of the companies that makes brake fluid who said that there is not a dye that you can buy to put into brake fluid. But what I found is a lot of people were trying to dye their fluid (laughs) like super blue and have a bottle of it. And I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about trying to put one drop in possibly and then flush it through. But I did find something that is probably the most practical idea if somebody was to experiment and try it as many people have had have. And that's what I was seeing. All these people have tried it. None of them were scientific and we still don't know if it degraded it. 10%, Ten percent, like we don't know, right? But what was interesting is there are powdered dyes, powdered pigments, and that's the one I'm questioning because because I understand now more of the repercussions that can happen. That it can be, you know, gases or degrading right. or whatever if you add something liquid. But I'm like, oh, this is interesting. Possibly a powdered pigment might work. A dry, okay. but here's the one question. What did they put into ATE Super Blue
1: to make it blue? Well, you need to talk to our about that.
2: That, to me, is a proof that there is something. But it's it's kind of a fascinating thing. So the conclusion is, I don't have an answer. And also, if I was to try, say, the powder, which is possibly the safest thing... Every scenario seems that you would end up having to use even more fluid to to completely flush it through. That it doesn't seem like it's worth trying. There isn't a simple answer but there are a lot of people who with videos who like here use this and you have to measure this amount and you got to use this needle and oh, blah 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 there's a pe- there's yeah there are people who have done it so that's it I just wanted to share that we're not the only one having this conversation it's been on repeat rinse and repeat right over and over and over with not the clearest answer but some of the people out there experimenting and trying
1: Liza it. there is a clear answer don't do, do it.
2: it no because <laughs> what did they use in super blue
1: Right,
3: but
2: But
1: that's but Arte have been (laughs) making let me tell you something about Arte. If you buy a Mercedes Benz, if you buy a Porsche, if you buy certain models of Lambo, if you buy very, very high end, they it's got Arte brakes in it. These fuckers know what they're doing. And they've been doing it for a long, long, long time. And I'm guessing that the Blue in Arte Blue started very early in the process, very early in the process, right when this the the chemical composition was being made, and we would number one not have privy to that information, but number two, and this is very, very important, we do not have access to a laboratory that is hermetically sealed which is where stuff like brake fluid is made. We don't have access to it. I there aren't to. any clean rooms. Well, there is <laughs> There is actually a clean room in Santa Cruz, but it's not used for that. It's, for, it's by Dominican. It's used for the hospital. Um, and they put people in it. But, um, but, but we it? just we don't have access to this. Yes, there was clearly something Arte put in their yeah. fluid, but it's part of a their very very secret process and not anymore because it's now regulated well no it's still in
2: other countries in in like other countries but you
1: know when i look back at all the um and i mean this this goes back forever um that there's always been manufacturers who have tried different things to make it easier to know when to change their product I mean, I remember years and years ago there was a company called Duckham's, and I think they might still be in business in Britain. Um, Duckham's Q, and it was uh, green oil, like lime green. And the idea, but when it stopped being green, you it stopped being it. good. It stopped being that's good. A, that's interesting. Well,
3: many moons ago, back when the Earth was young, I used to work for an oil company. Some of you might have heard of it, Belray. And being the marketing guy, I did spend some time with the chemist trying to see what can we market, what can we talk about, because there had been some errors that had been done in the marketing where they were talking about features but not benefits. They were This happens a lot with engineers. They talk about stuff, but they don't say why the stuff is good. So I went through the products that they had and that were on our shelves and what we were ever I said, okay, what can we do? What can we work with? What can we modify? What should I tell people about? And when the subject of brake fluid came up, they said, we can't do anything. You have to understand, the regulations for DOT 3, DOT 4, or DOT 5 are so tight as to what it's supposed to be that we can't modify it for better performance if we wanted to. Now, there's been some variances lately, but for the most part, when you buy a bottle of DOT 3 brake fluid, it doesn't matter whose label is on it. It's the same stuff. It's required by law to be the same stuff. So they, they, they couldn't sell it if it was something different in the bottle. So we, we, we played games with uh, some other oils. Uh, you know, The Thumper oil was a big thing that I was part of. That We specifically formulated an oil to work with the blow-by of uh, four-stroke singles, and we colored it a particular color. It was just this orange syrup. We wanted it to look different. That can be added. But in terms of yeah. brake fluid... Can't do a thing. Not allowed.
2: Yeah. So that's it. I just wanted to share the update that I found it quite fascinating. Yeah, I have news. Same, same conversations happened
1: over and over and over. I have some news. Oh, yeah? Duckham's Q is still available, and it's still green. <laughs> and it's still
3: green. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> I assure you, it can be any color it wants to be, and it can also smell like anything. But you Now
2: want. I like your idea better, Emma. Let's pursue that. Let's get an additive. You can color it that will change change color when you need to change it.
1: Well, it. It, no, it does it, that. It already does. Is it brake fluid? Yeah, yeah
2: Brake yeah. fluid does that.
1: Brake fluid turns it, brown when it's gone. Yeah, shit. My,
2: mine is not. I don't wait that long.
1: That's because you don't break that hard. <laughs> As I said last time on the show, and it's terribly rude. So if you have children listening, switch off. But it's the pee test. Yeah. When your brake fluid comes out of the bleed nipple
0: and it tastes like piss, it's time to go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and it is clear or pale yellow. That's healthy, just as when you go and take a pee, it's clear or pale yellow. When it starts getting dark or worse, still brown. If you go for a pee and it's brown, you'd better hot shoe it to the doctor immediately. And if your brake fluid comes out brown, you'd better go and see the motorbike doctor immediately. And what if it smells like asparagus? You yeah. got an STD. <laughs> <home>. <laughs> Stop, stop eating your brake master cylinder no. asparagus. Yeah, exactly. Stop eating so much asparagus. I believe it's very good for you, though. Not good for people around you.
2: <laughs> so there you go. I just wanted to. I yeah. appreciate. Thank you for everyone who responded. Um, it was really the the same like percentage of of like uh, attitudes in every other conversation. And you know, a couple people say, "Well, why not?" You know. So. It's just I found it interesting, but also that it was such a more common concept when there was the two colors. So there you go. Thanks, government, for ruining it for everyone. And just you know, change
0: your brake fluid often.
1: And exactly. who would have thought that a conversation about brake fluid gave me an email that made me feel all warm inside Aww. and <laughs> old? I mean, you know, you give a sticker to a child, and the next thing you know, she's driving. This, It's just, <laughs> wow. Well, um... Emma, Cat has uh, an issue. He has a problem. Cat needs tissue for his he's issue. He's come
2: down for us to help him
3: solve it. Well, I, obviously, I could solve this problem myself. It's a good problem. It's a good opin- problem. I would like your guys' opinion, and here it is. <laughs> Just recently released is our our Tuscan Hill Hopper training tour. And on this particular tour, we have available to us a much wider range of motorcycles than usual.
1: Well, hang on. Before we're going to talk about the bikes, Kat, Mm. we're going to talk about this tour because I
4: am (laughs) so (laughs) excited
1: It's going to be great. So this, look here, guys and gals, you're going to get three opportunities to hang out with me and Kat in Europe this year. You can do Misfits Training Tour in the Dolomites. Mm-hmm. That is an incredibly good tour. And there are spaces available. Yes. You can do Castles and Curves through Germany, Austria, France. It's a wonderful tour. It You will not have any more fun than you can have on this tour. Um I believe there's very limited spaces on that. Um,
3: we do have some space of spaces. My main concern on the Castles and Curves tour is really hotel availability. Right, so right, I right. need to fill it up because we're going during kind of a popular season. In particular, on the. we'll be staying on the Mosul River this time for two nights. And Fantastic. Going to Which birth. basically oh, wow. means
1: we'll be swimming in the Moselle at 7 a.m. You can if amongst you Amongst the ferries. But there's a new one. And mm-hmm. the new one, is we're riding around Tuscany. This has been on my wish list now for 46 years, as long <laughs> as I've been riding a bike. Um, Tuscany, what more is there to say? It's fantastic neck of the woods. We're going to fly into Rome. We're going to pick up the bikes. We're going to spend f- five days riding around Tuscany. Yep. It's going to be the greatest thing. Best time of year. When is the trip, Kat? Uh, this is October 6th to the 12th. Now, Anybody who knows, October in Europe is glorious. Yeah. So I've heard that
2: one of the things to look out for, mm-hmm. one of the potential issues with Tuscany, is that you might be lured into buying a broke-down villa. Is that uh,
3: true? No, that's actually further south. Okay. Further in southern Italy is, is where they're trying to revive these uh, old villages that have gone to shit.
0: But right. you could own a villa. <laughs>
1: but nevertheless, for, for um, a dollar, you could own a, own a villa.
0: It's better than a timeshare. But, <laughs> it's um, not a scam. It's just you own a village in nowhere.
1: <laughs> However, I want to point out, and I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not, I don't want to steal your Thundercat, yeah. uh, but the hallmark of mine and cat's tours are you're going to have a great time. I guarantee you're going to have uh-huh. a great time. You are going to eat the greatest food, you're going to stay in the greatest hotels, you're going to hang out with the most wonderful group of people, and here's the kicker, and this is the hallmark of our tours, this is why the Misfit Tours were born, if you can afford a used bike, you can afford to go on one of our tours. Yeah. And Tuscany is no exception.
3: No, it is not, and the prices are pretty much exactly the same as they would be for the Dolomites tour. Um, But really, Tuscany is made for motorcycles. It's one little town, and in between the little towns, there's these little roads that go through the you know, villages and whatnot. Uh,
2: just pause for Bagel to interject. Oh, yes. Go ahead. Say it,
1: Bagel.
3: And, and scooters. There you go.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, you can
1: rent them in Rome. They're great. You know, I, I've got to be honest with you, Bagel. I'm going to try and be kinder about scooters, and I'll tell you why. Do you remember a few weeks ago, somebody wrote in and said I was being mean to you? And that really resonated with me, because I feel I've treated you very unfairly over the years. And if you want to ride a scooter, that that is your absolute right to do so, and I endorse that 100%. Yeah, so actually, like we
3: have some scooters available, and if you'd like, I can see what inventory exists. They're probably going to be the 400cc variety, which is what you'll wait, want.
2: Wait,
3: they have a 400cc? Ooh, you yes. should
1: come to Tuscany. Is
3: this,
2: yes, wait, is this bagel. not a Vespa?
3: Well, uh would be have a Vespa, to, but... I'll have to look in. It's probably part of the Piaggio line, but I'll have to look in. They also probably have some of the larger BMW ones as well. Um, but if you would like me, Bagel, to put some scooters on this one, I can do that.
5: Hmm. Maybe, maybe it's very tempting. All
3: right.
5: (laughs) I will, I will give it some thought. Thank you.
3: Anyway, Tuscany is perfectly designed for seeing the world by motorcycle because there's just all these great little roads through vineyards and villages and up and over hills and around about. Now, um, the issue that you will discover that you should keep in mind when selecting a bike is there is a very good reason that the Ducati Multistrada was made.
4: Mm. Having
3: that a little bit of extra suspension, that can turn a shitty road into a fun ride. Yeah, not all of Italy's backcountry roads are perfectly surfaced. Some of them will feel like a racetrack, and others are a tad bumpy. So having a little bit of extra suspension or a wider a wider wheelbase or a bigger front wheel can be helpful. So anyway, our puzzle for uh, us today is what bike at which price level uh, would you choose?
2: Now... <clears throat> Thank you, um uh, Kat for sending us a list of all these bike options. Mm-hmm. I've printed it out for Charlie and and for Emma. Bagel, do you need me to send you the the file? Do you want to see the list or do you want to just hear it from us?
3: Uh, are there are the scooters on the list? Nope. I don't know the scooters. I could I oh. could put some, I'll put some scooters on. No, that's on the why list. I
2: didn't send it to you. That's but okay, the
3: scooters I'll, will all be standard, you know, four hundred cc
2: And okay. there's a lot of bikes. Can I just can yeah, I just go run it? I'm gonna just rattle off the bikes because then we're gonna get into all mm-hmm. of them. Uh, BMW F nine hundred R Scrambler eight hundred Monster seven ninety seven, a Ducati Hypermotard six nine eight, um, a Moto Guzzi V seven, mm-hmm. and those
0: and, are the base. Those options. are the base models. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then, there's for the One hundred and fifty dollars more.
2: Yeah, BMW F nine hundred XR Moto Guzzi V eighty five TT Moto Guzzi V one hundred Mandelo. That's interesting. Uh, and then the next uh, is that price tier up.
0: A two hundred additional, or is it just two hundred more? Two hundred. Th- oh,
2: for the for the week, you mean? That mm. uh, for the week, it's, it's an yeah. additional.
3: Well, because
0: like, you know, there's a one hundred and fifty
3: upgrade, and then the next tier is a two hundred. Yes, yeah, so the next one's a two hundred. The ones that follow after it says two hundred upgrade. So are it's fifty yeah.
2: more than the 150. Yeah.
3: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So
2: so then the Ducati Multistrada V2, Ducati Scrambler eleven hundred, Ducati Desert X, uh, Moto Guzzi Stelvio. Ducati MTS V4 and the BMW 1300 GS. So you got Triumphs, BMWs, Ducatis, Moto Guzzis. Is that what we're dealing uh,
3: with? No Triumphs, no yeah. Triumphs. We do have some Moto Guzzis, Ducatis. What? Oh, and BMW's. what's the
2: Scrambler 800? Ducati. Oh, that's a Ducati. Hmm. Oh, I'm my sorry. bad. I
3: should have put that on there. This is okay. it, This is Italy.
2: All right, all right. So, these are all the Italian and the B and the Beamer.
1: And full disclosure, so I I, I got sent this Wait, list last week. No,
2: Aprilia is.
1: No, surprisingly
3: enough. And and Piaggio is owned by, you know, uh, uh, Piaggio owns Aprilia and Moto Guzzi, and yet they're not offering a rental type of bike to them. So, I was surprised at that.
2: So, I just want to ask off the bat Charlie, you looked at this list. If you're going on this trip, which bike are you like? That's on well, one.
3: Well, I know what I would pick
0: for yeah. each price point.
2: <clears throat> well, just pick one. You have to pick one for the tour. What are you picking?
0: <laughs> uh, I'd be uh, a toss up between the F 900 XR and the 1300 GS. Ooh. Ooh, really? Because
2: um, for me, what stuck out was probably the Ducati Desert X. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, the Desert mm-hmm. X stuck out a lot for me, but. I don't feel like the roads are going to really be a lot of dirt and that's
3: where I would want to ride the day. It's actually surprisingly fun on the street.
0: Yeah. Uh well, but that's where I was like I feel like on the street I'd have yeah. more fun on the the um the 900.
2: Um or the multistrada, I think yeah. sounds mm-hmm. <clears throat> like a very comfortable bike. So this is an interesting list. Now, I also want to say I think even uh, uh, you can I don't think there's anything wrong with any of them.
0: No. Um, I just wouldn't want like necessarily a naked bike for touring,
2: right? Okay. Like a hyper or something. Yeah. Touring. Now,
0: I mean, it would be l- still. You're still gonna have a ton of fun on whatever bike you choose. I just kind of like having a little bit larger of a bike tour right. and have your bag on it or
2: can, whatever. Can, I want to throw out a, a question for you, Cat, mm-hmm. because this is something that comes to mind. As the tour guide and, and host,
3: mm-hmm.
2: are there bikes? like the hypermotard that maybe you don't want to offer because those are the ones that attract
3: Oh, you mean the, the hooligan yeah, the hooligan and the, hooligans. And the squids. Um, is
2: it, is that something that maybe like let's just take that off the list. Well, Actually
3: that one there is one model but the thing is that they don't they didn't have any of those available uh, at that particular time. These by what's available here because I put how many how many of these numbers are available during this particular time. There is one bike that I often get a little bit nervous when people rent, and that is the S1000R, the naked bike. It just tempts you to do stupid shit. Right.
1: (laughs) And however, I just want to add that all of our trips are new for 2024, and the new part amongst, you know, it's always new and improved. You have to have completed the Champion Riding School. Yeah. And show a certificate of completion to mm-hmm. be eligible a, a, to go on the trip. And, you know, it's no... The Chambu Riding School should theoretically make you a much better rider. That's a great program. But it, more importantly for us, it's a barometer of how seriously you take your riding. And um, if you take the time to do the course and you complete the course and you pass the course... That theoretically should weed out the squids. Dude.
0: How long is it, It's only like a 10-hour course, right? Yeah. Oh, not, yeah,
1: and you can dip in any time you want. I mean, it's, it's online. All, yeah, yeah, it's all online. And you, it's, it's all
0: online. You do it as you go.
1: I have another
2: suggestion. <clears throat> and um, this goes... Uh, first off, I'm going to apologize to Bagel in advance. Bagel, this is in no way a dig. Just b- bear with me here. I'm going to suggest okay. that you do rent a Vespa... For this, this trip. And here's here's why. One, I think that it really needs to be tried out so you can understand the benefits of it. But two, I think you need to, much like on top gear, you need to have this, the, the Vespa riding behind. So if somebody gets a ticket or does something stupid or crashes <laughs> the, punishment yeah. is,
4: the punishment is oh that's
2: not you have to ride the vespa ride that's not remember not. on top gear they'd have the little shitty following the them it's, no it's, I, it's, it's
5: it's not punishment it's, it's i know a Bagel, that's and, but
2: i also said he would also learn how wonderful it can be i've, but re- to, I've
1: rented scooters before
2: but i think it would, it would keep the squids at bay um
1: to give an example of, w- of where I'm leaning towards with yeah, this. Yeah, what are you leaning towards? Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm down to a choice of two. And I th- oh. think it's it's either the V85TT or the Mandelo.
3: I put the yeah, Mandelo on here just for you. for you. You'll notice there is only one of them. And you know what? I, th- I put it on here just for you. because I, I wondered-
1: think here's what I'm going to suggest. And I'm, I'll put this out on the show. Put me down for the Mandela. All right. However, Mm -hmm. if you get somebody sign up for um, Tuscany Tour Mm -hmm. and they're crushed, they can't have it, give it to them. Okay. And I'll take the V85 because they are both fantastic bikes.
3: They are. They are They are a different bike. We have had the V85 TT on a tour before, and it pretty much came off as... It's like a miniature adventure bike. Right. It, it's, like a, it's like a big GS, but smaller. It's a perfect for your, your midsize to slightly larger guy, but doesn't want to ride the big giant GS. Right. The V85 TT is a blast.
1: Well, you know, as everyone is aware, whenever I go on the Dolomites tour, my weapon of choice is the F900R BMW, mm-hmm. which is um, a thug. It's basically a hooligan <laughs> with a they're, BMW badge and I think you'll corroborate that. They're pretty yeah, nice. Yeah. They're very thug-like.
3: It's it it's,
1: it's deceptive. You think
3: it looks like a beginner bike, but it's no. it, and but it's easy to ride, but it's got some spunk to it. And, it's like what well, it I to wanted. Go. The, that's
0: for, why I would go with the XR just as right.
1: oh, Well, well the XR is an interesting choice. When I did castles and curves, I upgraded to the XR and I enjoyed it very very much. Not quite as much as the R, yeah. because it is a bigger platform, mm-hmm. but it helped on Castles and Curves because, of course, we're in a different hotel every night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you needed that extra bit of real estate to carry your crap around. Well, because
0: yeah. the R is more the naked bike. Yes. Right? Where the yeah. XR, yes. it's a, basically the same... Is it the same frame? Similar frame, It's yeah, pretty I mean. much the same thing, but it's...
1: It's roomier. Uh,
0: yeah, mm-hmm. I think it has longer travel suspension. Yeah, right? exactly. like it, it, you know Yeah. So um,
1: are we staying in the same hotel in Tuscany and just radiating yes. out from there? Oh yes, well, there we you go. Are. Then you see. Yes, we are. So um, yeah, you can do something a bit sportier. How far is it from Rome to our hotel?
3: Um, we've we've got probably a nice five and a half, six-hour ride ahead of us across the country.
1: So this is generally how our tours work. You land at the sprawling metropolis, and then collect the bikes. And you can come early if you want a um, couple of days early, get to see the town in Rome. There's so much to love about Rome. Yes, I mean. and
3: I'm definitely, at Belize. I don't know about other people, but my first night there, I want to take you, Emma, to my favorite place for Caccio e Pepe.
1: Oh, fantastic. And so we're going to, you usually arrive a day or so early. We'll do a rider meeting mm-hmm. the day before. We explain the equipment and um, what we expect from you and what you should all expect from us. And then we collect the bikes very, very early on Monday. Yes. When the bike shop opens, usually at nine o'clock. And then we hit the road and stop for a nice lunch. In the case of Dolomites, we stop at this darling truck stop in uh, Austria. In the case of
3: this tour, I know exactly where we're going for our lunch stop. It's in a small town of Radachophany,
1: which no tourist bus could ever go to. Fantastic. So an authentic lunch. And even that truck stop in Austria... It's authentic food, <laughs> Yeah, lovely people. Um,
3: all right, oh, Eliza's got something for us. What I've changed got, my mind. Oh, <laughs> you want the V85 TT?
2: <laughs> well, I've been looking. So a lot of these bikes I'm not that familiar with. Really, the Moto Guzzi's, I'm not.
1: Ask and I'm, I'm,
2: I, I know I'm, I'm playing people. the game of, well, if I was going to yeah, go to right, Italy, right, right. would this be an opportunity to try something I'm not familiar with? Like, we know that a bike like the BMW F900R is a perfect bike for this trip. It's mm-hmm. going to be dependable, but it's safe. It's yes. safe. Yeah. Right? And I'm looking at, I am, I'm looking at the Moto Guzzi 85TT.
1: Good oh. looking bike, isn't it?
2: And it looks like a little GS-ish. It is. It's a little gs yeah. Um, But also looking at the Mandela, which is also interesting. It's well, gorgeous. of course, you know, uh, it doesn't look like anything. Yeah, It and looks like a concept bike. And of course, I found on their site, here's a quote from Ewan McGregor. When I got to open up with a V100 on the Pacific Highway, it was truly an exhilarating experience.
3: It's very torquey.
2: And,
1: uh, and that's really a hallmark of all motor Guzzi's. I mean, it's the other Italian bike. And it seemed... In a lot of ways, and I really don't want to be disrespectful to Ducati riders, but Moto Guzzi is often seen as the inferior product to a duck. And far from it. It is a far older company. By about 60 years. I mean, duck really, from the 1940s to the 1960s, just made electrical equipment. Uh, Ducati is, uh, Ducati is very much about its racing pedigree,
3: whereas Moto Guzzi has just been about the sheer pleasure of riding.
1: Right, but up till Ducati <laughs> came along in the 60s, Moto Guzzi had an amazing racing pedigree. And I think if you include the 1930s, the 1940s, the 1950s, Guzzi's have won far more races than Ducks. Um it's you know it's it's the other product, and as you know, I mean, I've got a Moto in my in my home stable, and I just they get under your skin.
3: It, yeah, the, they uh, really do. I put in the notes for all of them with the Gootsie, There's the Gootsie grin. You just yes, grin sir. when you when okay, sit okay, on. Okay,
1: okay, hold on.
2: Yes, I found another one.
1: <laughs> oh, what? What did you find that you liked?
2: The Stelvio.
1: Oh, the Stelvio is an amazing
2: Stelvio. Did you have you been looking these up, Charlie?
1: Yeah, yeah, but it's big. Um, it's a big thing. This.
2: St- <laughs> Yeah. No, the, the Stelvio's nice. Well, you know,
0: um, Henry's uh, got a
1: Stelvio. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, think but there's...
0: his
2: doesn't look like this the new one.
1: Let me see the new one.
2: Uh, yeah,
0: I mean, there, there's not really a bad bike on this list. I mean,
3: there's no, but I'm, I'm
2: getting more excited about the Moto Guzzi's now because I've Ooh, never. That's really a good
3: looking bike. Bloody given hell. them that
2: much time. But... Well, that's one of the Ooh. things that
3: this particular rental shop offers is they have Guzzis, they have Ducatis. Most of the time, all we get to ride is BMWs, which isn't necessarily yeah. a bad thing. They're not bad bikes. It's just you'd like to try something else for a time.
1: Yeah, I think I'm leaning more. Oh, there's, oh.
3: there's a
0: really a bike for anybody in any real skill well, set. Well, abso- absolutely.
1: Like, and I mean, you are going to need um, you're going to need skills on a bike. I yeah. mean, you're going to need to be reasonably skillful. Like um on the Dolomites tour, we always break ourselves up into groups and traditionally I will lead the slowest group which is not necessarily a slow group. We're the ones who stop for coffee and hang out and take pictures and just have a good time. Um, But there isn't such thing as a slow group. You do need a certain amount of skill to ride it. The one thing you don't need is any experience of traveling outside America.
3: We're going to show you how to do it. Yeah,
1: and those are my favorite customers because we get people who've never set foot perhaps outside their home state before. And it's like Wonderland for them. It's an amazing experience. And we're gonna, t- we will take care of you. <laughs> Everyone who goes on our trips has comes back says the same thing. We had a wonderful time. I, I wouldn't put my name on anything. Now I'm kind of going.
2: That wasn't back a good experience. The Multistrada.
3: Which multi, oh which Multistrada are you looking at? The
2: V4. Well, uh, here's
3: oh. here's here's my crunch oh. about this particular V4. I have a V4s in my garage. I love that bike. Oh, yeah, I know. It is ridiculously smooth. I can go really wicked quick on it, and it doesn't feel like you're going wicked quick. You know, quick
0: I would probably. I, I didn't realize I was a multi-star. I thought that was just like the standard V4. The no.
3: issue that I have with this <clears throat> rental shop is they offer the V4, but not the V4S, which means mm. it doesn't have the quick shifter on it. It doesn't have heated grips on it.
1: I mean, it's a sport touring bike. Come on, guys. It heated should grips. have the heated grips, I know. but it doesn't need the quick shifter. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. Um, does it have Skyhook? now ah, you see, so exactly. the suspension's not suspension not
3: the suspension is good, but it's not great. Which it's not leads me hook. to which leads me to say, for the same price, you can have the brand new BMW R thirteen hundred GS, which is the hot bike of the season. People, everybody wants to ride right it. Now,
0: yeah, I mean.
3: I'm I'm gonna I'm looking forward to writing and I've never written one. Okay. It's brand new.
2: Are you trying to trim stuff off this list?
3: No, not particularly, but it, I I can you know i just wanted to see what's going to be what's going to sell? All what right, do people so want?
2: if we're just kind of like breaking this list down, obviously so, the
3: 1300 GS, I got tons of them. So
2: all right, so hold on. For the first, the what we're calling the base models the yes. little, at the base price. Yeah, this is between the BMW F 900 R, the Ducati Scrambler 800, mm-hmm. the Ducati Monster 797, Ducati Motor 698, and the Moto Guzzi V7. I'd say take all of them off except the, for the BMW F 900 R. I think the, that, I
3: can't because there's only two of them. Yeah.
2: Oh. There's well, I'm just saying, like them. somebody's like trying to choose.
3: Well, but all like, those
2: others are like smaller. Little here's here's flip-able. what's good.
3: the 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 Moto Guzzi V7 is good for the smaller, light rider. You got to be light because the okay. suspension on the on the V7 yeah. is a bit. Okay. Nushy. But
2: for me, I've ruled those out. Okay. But I think that for the budget minded, the F900R I think is best bang for yeah. the buck so on this list. If you're That's budget minded
3: folks, there's only two of them, so get on and grab it. But, I best mean the, bang for the buck. But I'd probably go with the Monster too,
0: like if the F900 was taken, right. I'd probably choose the Monster and then I would choose the Scrambler. But probably. I think
1: I think the pertinent point of all of this, if you want to do one of Cat and Emma's European adventures this year. <clears throat> Come on, step up to the plate and book it, because we have spots on all of the all of the trips right now. They are going to move quite quick, so um, this is the hard sell, guys. I will give you the time of your life. All right, let's talk couples.
3: If yes. you if you are riding two right. up. Um, my oh, you re- need a bigger bike My recommendation, however, if you are a light couple You're not, not big and you're looking for a bargain The bargain couple's bike on this list is the Multistrada V2 Yeah it's <clears throat> It's not as tall as you might think it's only right. eight hundred two millimeter um, seat height. It has comfortable seating in the rear, full windshield, and everything. It's a you know it's a pretty full complete bike, but you know for only two hundred bucks, you get a good you know you get a I mean, amount, if whatever. if you have
0: two people though, I I mean, I'd really probably just spring for the GS.
3: Well, the thirteen hundred GS, of which yeah. there are plenty, and and everyone's wanting to ride, then yeah, go ahead and spring for it. But and if you want to save that two hundred bucks, I'm telling you where to where to,
1: And to put it. you know, in the um, if we do the hundred and fifty upgrade, mm-hmm. any one of those three in the hundred and fifty upgrade is adequate for two people. The XR certainly. Um, The V85TT Again, small, it's going to have to be a small couple It'll be a smaller couple And the V100 again, it's a little bit It's a little bit roomier Um, Yeah,
3: V100's a bigger bike
1: Yeah um, Okay, I
2: I am making my decision (laughs) What do you want? I really want to try the V85TT I think it's going to be adequate power I think for me That's the bike on this list that I'm most likely to want to own here. Mm -hmm. Therefore, I would be using this trip as a test ride. You
3: would not be the first. This happens a lot on our tours. People use the bike for a week, go home and buy it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, That's that's,
2: that's why I'm looking at this. That's
0: probably why there's so many gosh dang 1300 GSs.
2: (laughs) No, because they're the brand new thing. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's a hot thing. But the
3: the Desert X is probably the same thing. A lot of people are considering the Desert X, but would like to ride, ride one for a time.
2: I... I would love I to
0: own a Desert X. Ah, uh,
3: yeah.
0: That is a great... It's best bike in the category, but it's also the most expensive.
3: Yes.
4: Yeah,
2: um, yeah but... Well, I'm
3: probably going to try the new 1300 GS. Because that one, because I know if I take one, I'm not taking the bike away from anyone else because there's plenty of them. Yep. And two, it's the hot new machine of the year. Right.
1: And I believe, actually, haven't I got one of those for Castles and Curves? Yes, you do. Yeah, so... Um, I will I will report on that. Um, and, and get a price on a Vespa. I think, sure. personally,
2: not speaking for Bagel, but for just everyone, I think including that on the list is a very viable option. And I say that because riding with Bagel, who on freeway or on twisty mountain well, yeah. roads... Uh, he's he's right with me, or I can't keep up with him. I mean, well, either way, it'll have
3: to be one of the four hundred. because has we have to, to me. we have to leave. Uh, we have to get out of Rome on, on the autostrada.
1: Would you but, what, yeah. bagel? Would you come if we if we found well, you a, a good size Vespa to ride?
5: Well, yeah, it, but what's this four hundred? Do a Vespa three hundred? I would I would be very
1: tempted. Yeah, what is this four hundred?
3: I'll have to look and see at the list again. I, I usually I'm not looking at the the scooter list too because most people don't demand. But, them, but basically
1: power of a 300 you would consider it
2: bagel has convinced Mm -hmm. me that that is a viable touring bike and also he he can ride the piss out of it in the hills yeah so for people who prefer that and this is not the little scooter you ride with flip-flops to go get a cappuccino no this is a legitimate uh, machine
0: it's not the two-stroke is it no 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 no. no. it's
2: what he rides it's his big 300 and he has proven to me and all riding surfaces that he can get up and go yeah Yeah. and it's pretty comfortable i've ridden it the only thing i get sketched out is don't take one hand off the bar
1: (laughs) yeah they do get a
2: bit wobbly (laughs) the
5: The low speed wobble is a thing yes
1: funnily enough and i'm I'm sure you'll corroborate this bagel if you put a top case on a vespa it comes in a kit and Mm -hmm. in the kit you get the top case you get the carrier and you've got this mysterious box that weighs an absolute friggin ton and you open the box, and there's a couple of end weights for the handlebars that weigh about five pounds each. And yep. it really does help. Oh, yeah. 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 They're like giant bullets that you put in the end of the handlebars that are full of lead. And yep. um, it makes them a lot more stable. Yes.
2: So sure. there's there's a lot of options. You've got me kind of stoked about the Moto Goodsies. I, I, I want to know more about them, and this is a great opportunity to do that.
1: I think so. Um, like, if, like I say, they, they get under your skin. Um, uh, they got
3: a Piaggio Vespa 300 GTS. <gasps> mm-hmm.
1: Wait, but what color?
3: Uh, I can't <laughs> choose your color. <laughs> color is, is irrelevant. <laughs> right. I'm just checking to see. what I know they also have some of the BMW scooters.
2: Do they well. have the Bieber model?
3: The Beaver model. Beaver, <laughs> no, the, that the, that's a one fifty. The
1: stand oh, Beaver. <laughs> so it's they have a three hundred GTS bagel. Are you coming on our <laughs> trip? You uh, have to decide I, right now. No, you do <laughs> right now. <laughs> the pressure, take the take pressure. It, or leave it. Well, no, I mean the thing is, well, if you say you're coming, we'll forever I'm, hold it to you. What well, I'm well. hoping is some. Of your fans, of which you have many fans who listen mm. to the show. Okay, they got the BMW C650
3: Sport. <clears throat> oh, that'd be a good does one for you. Does that interest you,
2: Bagel, or does that not count?
3: Not as much as the Vespa. Yeah. Uh, they also have a C400 GT.
2: So here's here's here. I'm gonna ask the question for Bagel. But how many Vespas do they have? Because if Bagel's coming, he might bring a buddy know. or I have two.
3: To, I'd have to check. That's in. That's how
2: with, Bagel rolls. I have to check it's in right?
3: with. Believe it or not, this believe it or not, the guy's name is Matteo.
2: But they are. And I, I would think it, it would be good because uh, scooters travel in packs.
3: They do yes, tend do. to.
2: <laughs> and so, yeah. Well, this look. I
3: can confirm. I was assaulted by easily 150 old school Vespas mm. in a town called Gris Vincante. They filled the entire square. It, the entire square was filled with uh, two-stroke smoke. It was great. So, <laughs> Bagel,
1: if you come on the Tuscany trip, I'll let you be the big spoon.
4: <laughs> That's mm. a lovely image. Mm. All
5: right, well, give me give me some prices.
4: <laughs> all
1: right,
5: very good. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I, am, I am Very, very tempted I will
2: actually get them because I think it would be. You can invite people from your club to come. Um, well, hey, that'd be a lot of fun. Are we
1: yeah, in a position to can, give out prices? Yeah, right now? sure. Yeah, sure, come sure, on, sure, let's sure. give out some prices. All right, uh, all right Let
3: me let, let me uh, let me pop in. I have to literally get to my website. I know it starts at twenty six fifty for the base model, sharing a room with someone but uh, let
1: me get to uh, get so to the just remember i want while while cats looking for the prices i want to let you know what it includes and what it doesn't include the price that cats going to give you includes hotel breakfast mm-hmm. the motorcycle champu riding school so basically the basics what it doesn't include is the cost of gasoline lunch and dinner but we will always give you options for lunch and dinner that are within your budget if you are running low on funds we'll find you somewhere cheaper if you want to splurge we'll find you somewhere nice doesn't include booze and you know i tend to get through quite a bit of booze on these trips so factor that in but the biggest expense and it it shocked me a little bit this year because it has gone up a bit um it does not include flights shop around for your flights I stand by if you are clever if you're really clever and you know what you're doing with Expedia I think you could do one of our trips for well under four and a half grand all in basically the cost of a used bike okay so base so if you're sharing a room
3: uh and this has happened quite a bit where two buddies uh, share a room it's 2650. If you want your own room, that's twenty nine fifty. See, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm you not know, big in, I'm not grabbing cash here. Right. And if you're a couple riding one bike in one room, it's it's thirty five fifty. Because believe it or not, that's how Italian hotels work. Uh, and then you already see the prices for upgrades. Um, one fifty for the next, you know, slob up for like the F nine hundred XR or the V eighty five TT. Uh, 200 for the Multistrada V2 or Desert X, and 400 for the new and hot bike of the year, the R1300GS or the Multistrada V4.
1: And you can actually pitch this as a a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Oh, they'll get hooked. (laughs) But you you can actually, it is good enough that, you could say this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Our trips a- are that good. Now, if you choose to do more after you've done a trip, and as Kat quite rightly points out, they are quite addictive, <coughs> but f- this is Europe, people. budget It's a budget price, but it is not a budget trip. Well, this
3: is the thing that I, th- that led to this whole creation, was I was narrowing it down to the four Ps of why people don't take motorcycle tours. One is phobia. People are afraid to travel because they've been living in the United States all the time. I get it. So it's fear of the unknown. You don't know how to do it. And two, the really two, the big one, is price. I work in the tourism industry. I sell the big tours. I know how much this stuff costs. The big tour operators, the general tour operators, have been selling mostly to baby boomers who have been rather fortunate. And this is not a price that people can generally, a lot of other people can afford.
2: I just realized you're wearing a Moto Guzzi sweater. Yeah,
3: I, I, I did their press launch uh, for the Moto Guzzi California years ago. Mm. Uh, and boy, the other one is, uh, I, I call it pseudo, uh, fake tourist crap. A lot of reason people don't go on organized tours is because they don't want to go to the fake touristy stuff. And the, really the one that another reason a lot of people refuse to go on a motorcycle tour is pace. Freedom of pace. A lot of people won't go because they're afraid they're going to get stuck on a tour that's too slow, or they're going to be forced out of their comfort zone and be forced to go too fast and end up crashing. And this does happen. This has not happened. That's
2: why you need the Vespa.
3: <laughs> well, yeah, we can talk about it. There's a whole theory about why I think those things sell. Can you
2: play the sh- the Jaws theme while not are not not
3: Don't scare me. They'll never catch me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But the problem is freedom of pace. I've been on plenty of organized tours with other providers that force everybody to go the same speed. And this is a bad idea because you get people who start getting frustrated for going too slow. And then you get people underskilled and they end up crashing. You're Much better off what we do is we divide people up by squadron into what pace do you want? And that way, you get to ride your pace and enjoy the road, you know, but at your skill level.
2: Perfect. So. Um, just remember where do you want
1: everyone to go to find out.
3: Oh, uh, layodescapes dot L Lay-o-d. e o d
1: escapes And you'll find that Layout Escapes is a cornucopia <laughs> of trips. How do you find them? Just look for the Misfit Trips. Oh, yeah. also, i put the link in the show notes. Yes. Oh, so geez, <clears throat>
3: Yeah, we've got our first schedule out for the for the track and tour things. But. Sure, you mean schedule? And there's
2: also a link on our website yeah, as thanks. well. Yeah. Well, um, good. It seems like those are some some good options. So thank you for bringing that list. Sure. That's a good problem having too many bikes to choose from. Yeah,
3: it's been fun because a lot of times nobody else has this array of bikes to choose from, but Italy does. Yeah, and it's fun.
2: Well, I want to talk about another problem that might also affect you. Mm-hmm. It might affect you, too, Charlie. It might affect you, Emma, and me, too. Not so much Bagel, but it oh, might okay. affect us all. But I think you'll still care, Bagel, because you you like to, to root for the underdog.
5: I'm a caring kind of guy. Exactly. I know oh, that, Bagel.
2: <laughs> so um, there's a lawsuit right now that you guys may be following, maybe not, about Laguna Seca. Yes. Now, oh. many people are, have heard of Laguna Seca. It's a famous... Is g- this that
0: same lawsuit?
2: <clears throat> no, this is a new one this oh, okay. this year. Um, uh, Laguna Seca is our local racetrack that has been around for decades. What, 60s, 70s?
1: Uh, oh, no, way before way that. Way before that? It's been around for <clears throat> 70 years. It's immediately major Oh, yeah, post-war. you're right. Yeah, it is 70. I think... Um, I think
2: this is like the 70-year celebration, yeah. I think. Yeah, you're right. Um, <clears throat> been around a long time and what's been happening is, uh, neighborhoods and houses have been building up and up and up closer and closer to the track. Well, there's currently a lawsuit <clears throat> trying to get the track to shut down and it's a coalition of neighbors. They call themselves the highway 68 coalition who've created a uh, lawsuit <clears throat> and the, their complaint is that the, um, that they're saying that the motor vehicle racing and race car driving are neither allowed nor permitted uses, citing zoning and permits dating back to the 1980s. Now, who owns Laguna Seca? The county. Monterey County, hmm. exactly. Um, the other thing that they're claiming is that, um, <clears throat> let's see, that they're, Oh, that the um, the Monterey County uh, Board of Supervisors um, uh, named a new concessionaire at the track, and did so without. Um, <laughs> this is so stupid. Did so without getting environmental review
3: of what selling corn dogs.
2: Um, uh, um, instead of being considered as existing facilities and normal operations of so- facilities for public gatherings. I I don't know. This is kind of making stuff up. Here's their other claim that the motor vehicle events have substantially increased from 2021 to 2023 when compared to 1974 until 2021.
3: You mean since COVID ended. Thank you. With the increased activity
2: has also come higher permitted noise levels as well as increased traffic and water demands, among other concerns. Uh, Have either of you been on the track? Yeah. Yep do they have noise limits there?
3: yes they do very strict well ones. so they have right. very
0: they have strict noise limits but there are days where they because it's, it's normally like a 92 decibel there's yeah. like 102 de- or 105 decibel days
2: but compared to other tracks are the are they pretty Limiting there as a the
3: racetrack? the Laguna uh, Laguna Seca is a bit more limiting than your average racetrack when it comes to okay. noise. I
0: mean, Sonoma Thunderhill do technically have noise limits, but, right. but
3: they don't really she, have neighbors. So well, yeah, they're not surrounded by rich baby boomers who yeah. are terribly concerned oh, yeah. that someone but might if, be having fun. If you fun. don't,
0: if you don't have a muffler on your bike, you will pop sound, and I've I've seen yep. where we have pop sound. On the okay,
1: track. so um, I'm going to break this down, and I'm going to offer a gift. So, um... am I eligible for this gift? Anyone is eligible (laughs) for this gift. So, this is clearly absolute horseshit of the worst kind. This is wealthy homeowners who have come in and decided that even though the racetrack predates their fancy little house...
3: McMansion.
1: The McMansion. So... We've already established this is a load of shit. I would like our listeners to write in oh. and tell us why it is a bunch of shit. Oh. And the most creative one. Ooh. One of I'm going to give one of my prized possessions and it really is a prized possession.
2: Not the leopard panties. Not the leopard
1: panties. Okay. I've no, seen those. I'm going to give no, I'm going <laughs> to give those to Bagel. And the big spoon. <laughs> oh my. Um I actually have some of Laguna Seca. So back in 2016, the track route was resurfaced. And if you were lucky enough to know somebody, you got a piece of the track. And I got some of the corkscrew. And it's basically, it's in a glass bottle. It's labeled as the corkscrew, 2016, which is what it is. So some pretty famous people have ridden on these little chunks of gravel. And I will give it to you completely free of charge. It's historic mm. in it. Um, if I have to send it overseas, <laughs> I might have to condense it down a little because it is a reasonable sized jar. Um, but I may have to condense it anyway, or you can come and collect it Something. from the recycle garage. But this is a real piece of history. It's Brilliant! It is the corkscrew. <clears throat> it is in a glass bottle. It is marked as such. It's a very, very nice piece. You could actually put it on your mantelpiece and it shows the exact, it's got a beautiful relief of Laguna Seca on the side with location of the corkscrew. It's got everything. So that's all you got to do.
2: So, uh, and just uh, to further describe, one of the interesting things about Laguna Seca is it's in a bowl.
3: Yep. Yep. So
2: it's not like it's a flat area.
3: No, the sound, the sound is captured mostly in the bowl. So exactly. Like,
2: it's 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 in a bowl, which is what's so really cool about it. So um, Monterey County did respond to mm-hmm. the lawsuit. They said, we have received inquiries, inquiries about the status of the lawsuit concerning the county's operation of Laguna Seca. We are confident in our position and look forward to a speedy resolution of the lawsuit. Additionally, um, please note that this does not in any way impact the 2024 season. Everything is on par as usual. But it does kind of bother me because when you look historically, just in here in Santa Cruz, there used to be a lot of racetracks.
3: Well, yep. And this is where something where we might be able to enlist the help uh, of our listeners is that while, yes, this is our local community this is this track is more than just something for this county. This oh, is a no, piece of Americana you know, this is a piece of our racing history for the whole country
2: and this, this is, is the, the same thing
3: international
1: racing yeah, yeah. Th-
2: this is and and I want to clarify we're not talking just motorcycles this is
1: oh yeah <clears throat> cars so, this is yeah. everything can I um here's oh co- wait,
2: sorry, didn't mean to interrupt you. do you remember oh no, you were there. remember when we had dinner at that castle place in Wales, yeah. And then you left, I kinda was hanging around and on the T V in the bar there was F one racing, which is huge, or it might have been F right. three or one of those F cars racing and because it's huge over there. And I looked at it and I'm like, Wait a minute, it was Laguna Seca.
3: Well, <laughs> well on the T V It couldn't have been F one, but it was, de- it it was probably M <laughs>
2: So It we, was something with those yeah. cars. So they're doing some special yeah. event there. But I thought, how funny, we're in Wales, and I'm looking at Laguna Seca. Yeah,
1: I mean, it's, it's an internationally recognized track. Yeah. Well, of course it is. I mean, just a um, couple of facts that will help put this into perspective. Um, James Dean died in 1955 in his brand-new Porsche Carrera. On his way to a weekend race at Laguna Seca, he didn't make it. He crashed just outside Paso Robles in Shalam. Ken Miles raced a Cobra many times around Laguna Seca and was quoted as saying it was one of the most challenging tracks to drive in a Cobra. Always the corkscrew. Now, for those that have seen, uh, that have followed Ken Miles, who knew who he was, before the film ford versus ferrari tells you all about ken miles who who basically won the 1966 le mans in a ford was kind of robbed of first place but um so it is a world class <coughs> racetrack track and it needs our help it needs everyone's help um
2: Well, and they actually said, how can people help with this? And I want to say, I think that this is bullshit. I think it's the same thing when people move next to an airport and then they sue to try and get the airport. Oh, it's the same (laughs) people who buy a house in the Castro,
3: then upset that they have to look at, you know, look at a dude in leather chaps. It's like, you bought a house
2: (laughs) in the Castro. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But what they said is the best way to show solidarity is to participate actively in events. Go to a race. That's it. That's what I'm saying. That's what we need you to do.
3: Um, I'm due to be there in April to to ride the circuit. Well, and it's
0: it's never been quiet there like the last hundred years. Like there's the racetrack, there's the airport that's been there forever, and they did ordnance testing.
2: Yeah, so I just wanted to share that because it it bothers me because uh, we look forward in July to go into the races there. Yeah. Um, it is a iconic and famous track. And uh, I don't like that there are people who are threatening it. I also know that when I'm there When we go to our events, I've never seen, like, giant traffic jams. I've never seen people doing wheelies down the road. It's all respectful, you know? So, oh, maybe you've seen stuff. Well,
3: I just remember that when uh, the police chased Valentino Rossi on his scooter (laughs) with his mechanic (laughs) on the back, and Valentino ducked into the garages and was promptly hidden by a friend of mine, and... uh, Well, it's, but he was on a scooter for fuck's sake. (laughs) (coughs) Bagel, you know you can ride a scooter over the speed limit. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah.
1: But nevertheless, this is your opportunity. If you are fairly articulate and good at insults, you could win a piece of Laguna (laughs) Seca. I'm feeling the words wheezing bags of piss coming along.
2: So, yeah, just letting everyone know that that's happening. Um, Next up, I have an announcement to make. Really? Do you? Yeah. I think. Charlie knows about it. I don't think you two know about it. Who's (laughs) the daddy? No, no, no. Uh I uh yesterday If you could see Kat's face right now. Oh God, yes, dear. Yes. If they if if the baby looks like a negative image, we know who the daddy is. (laughs) Um So I sent a message out to all of our Patreon subscribers at five dollars or more yesterday. Yes, with an announcement. Yes, I've designed the new shirt. Ooh, look at that! Let's have a look at this shirt. So this is the new shirt, bagel. Oh, you? Yeah, bagel. You're on the list. You saw the announcement. Oh, do you like this bagel?
1: Army Uh, green. I've not seen it yet. Oh, I tell you what, it's a shirtless Steve McQueen.
2: You like, well, no, we're not saying that. That's copyright infringement.
1: Which well, is a shirtless it's a Hollywood really cool, actor.
2: Really cool dude <laughs> on a motorcycle. Oh, <laughs> um,
1: Blimey.
2: So, this is just a, a, a reminder to every all of our Patreon subscribers for $5 or more. Make sure you check your messages uh, because it is free to our Patreon subscribers for $5 or more. If nice. you aren't currently a Patreon subscriber and you'd like to get this, every year I make a new t shirt. Every year, I design a new T-shirt, and oh, you're looking at it there, Bagel.
5: Yeah, what do you think? You
2: like it?
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: I I went with like the army, like Heather Green shirt. Um,
1: and the beans are definitely being given in this picture. Give
2: it the beans. Um, so yeah, to get a shirt. Just uh, be a Patreon supporter, $5 or more, you'll get a free t-shirt mm-hmm. once a year. So right now we're doing all the pre-orders and I'll be shipping these out in like March, April. And then when I've shipped them out to all the Patreon subscribers, they will be for sale on our site. Right. But I think it's as good
1: a time as any to, to just reiterate who we are and where we're at. We said at the beginning of every show, we are the misfits because we're all misfits. And anyone listening to this show is a misfit as well. And this is the Recycle Garage. And your Patreon subscriber money helps keep the garage open because it enables us to buy tools, to buy equipment, to buy um, things like tents. Brake fluid. And proper (laughs) brake fluid. The computers
2: we record on.
1: So this doesn't buy frivolous stuff. It keeps us going. Because if you ever visit the Recycle Garage, It's like the National Health Service for motorbikes. The one thing you will never find is anywhere to pay, because there is nowhere to pay. You can
0: always pay me.
1: (laughs) Yes, you can pay Charlie (laughs) in kind. Um, But we offer a very, very free service. And it does cost money to run the garage. It costs money to put on this show. So you're really helping us. But man, you're getting a cool t-shirt as well. Charlie? Charlie? I would pay you for a Tidy Whitey Bike Wash. How much do you charge? uh. How much you
0: got? (laughs) (laughs) What's the most you're willing to pay?
1: I've got (laughs) $1.38.
2: Tidy Whitey Bike Wash? I I think I I I could do like 50 bucks just for the photo op.
0: Current bid is $50. Tidy
2: Whitey Bike Wash. Check um, your emails because you do have to put your order in for it so that I can make sure all the sizes are ordered for everyone. Mm. And so that window will be open for about a month for all the Patreon subscribers to go ahead and get their order in for their free shirt. And just to clarify for anyone internationally, um, there's an international option and it's, um, the shirt is free, but it's a $20 flat fee to ship it anywhere in the world. Right. That's it. $20 flat fee. So, um, Next up, I wanted to share uh, a TV show I discovered, which I found kind of interesting. Thomas the Tank Engine. By oh, any no, 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 no. No, <laughs> oh, no, stop it, stop it, stop it. I still can't scrub that image out of my head. <laughs> oh, just think cake farts, cake farts. Okay, good. All right, it's gone. That's better than, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um. So there's a show on HBO Max. Yes. Called On the Roam.
1: On the Roam?
2: On the Roam. Oh, R O M A. On the Roam, okay.
1: As okay. opposed to R-O-M-A. R-O-M. Yeah,
2: On the Roam. this show is very similar to um, to Norman Reedus' show. <clears throat> but this one features Jason Momoa. Oh. You know him? Aquaman. The, yeah. yeah, yeah. All the things, right? Gorgeous hunk of But he's cake. also a huge biker.
3: Is he? Oh, huge Oh, biker. lovely. I didn't know that.
2: Huge biker. So this is a, it's a series where he's kind of traveling around and exploring things that he loves.
3: How does he fit through doles?
2: <clears throat> yeah, you tell me. Um, and uh, so I'll tell you what's interesting. So the first episode, it's him and a bunch of his biker club buddies, and they're really into 1930s Harleys. So this is him going around to um, some different bike builders. He's got some bikes he wants to have built. Like dream bikes, right? And one of them uh, is a 1930s Harley. But he 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 like got a frame, but he needed to get all the parts. And it actually he found a, a builder, and then Mike Wolf from Pickers, who is another big bike guy who ha- who finds parts and stores them. And between all these different resources, they pieced together a completely stock 1930s Harley that he had built for him. But what's even cooler is Jason there was a bike he was always interested in. And this was kind of a holy grail Harley. I've never heard of it. I didn't even, I forget which name it is, <clears throat> but this was a I believe in 1936 or around the 1930s race bike. There were only 16 made by Harley. This was like buying a Moto GP bike. Yeah. Right. Nice. Uh, of the time there were 16. There's now like eight in existence. The, this race bike we've he's always had a dream to have a race with these bikes nobody wants to race these bikes <laughs> right so he found somebody with one who let him get it dismantled and scanned and 3d printed like four of them he had wow. these but this is him like going around to like real like salt-of-the-earth, like, um, bike builders and all these different... He's, like, finding all these different people that can create have all these resources to build these fantasy bikes. And he built, I mean, four of these bikes that look straight out of the 1930s and they're all made to look rough. And then they went and raced them on a, like, vintage motocross track. Nice. And it's, like, the first time that, like... People have that they've been side by side.
3: Well, that's a classic thing. I mean, if you had shit tons of money, what would you do? That's a classic (laughs) example of like, if you're a motorcycle enthusiast, what would you do? Oh, I 3D print a whole bunch of these old machines and we'd all actually see if we could race them together. That's brilliant.
2: Right. Um, But then like the next episode, it wasn't about motorcycles, but it was about photography. I'm not really into photography, but this is really cool. He kind of tagged along with one of his favorite photographers, this guy who photographs like poor weather conditions is the best way I can describe it.
3: (laughs) Interesting weather would probably be better.
2: Like, like, like storms and stuff. Inclement weather. And, um, and he tagged along with him and did like photo shoots with him. And then he, um, he bought a camera at an auction that belonged to a famous photographer who like, who was a photographer on like Apocalypse Now and stuff like that, and has books that are famous amongst photographers. And he bought it and gifted it to this guy who's like, oh my God. So yes, he's using his money to do these things. But there's another episode where he's um, working with guitar makers, right? Um, another episode where they're just doing like metalworking stuff. It's fascinating. It's him and his passions, but his passions are for like old things and reviving and restoring right. old things. We, we, he loves old things. He'd like me then.
3: Who says yeah. money can't buy you happiness? If, you, if, you, if this is what you say, then you don't know how to shop. Jason right. Moa clearly knows how to shop.
1: Well, you know, I always say money doesn't buy you happiness, but it sure oils the wheels. So
2: yeah. um, that's, I, I'm just that's saying, cool. it's kind of a cool show. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, there was, oh, one episode was um, knife and weapon makers. Mm-hmm. So, what he said is when he has a role in a movie or a show where there's going to be weapons, he actually goes out to these these knife makers and he designs that with him, with them, and it helps him create his character. Yep. And so, he gets really, really into like these prop, prop making knives and having like these real things made and, and it's fascinating to watch him. And he even took his kids on one and they made knives together. Yep. So it's really cool. It's about crafts craftsmanship. It's about um, appreciating and respecting vintage things. So I highly recommend it.
3: Oh, I, I'm big respect. Cause it sounds to me like he's after something that's very important to me in my business. And that's authenticity. Yeah. He's really yeah. into the authentic experience.
2: Now I'm going to warn you, Emma, The only thing that you may not like is uh, Jason, in that first episode where he had a vintage bike made, all the parts found put together, he had it painted his favorite color.
1: Which is? Pink. That's okay.
2: It's a little... Odd looking. He's like, yeah, I know a lot of a lot of the
1: purists are gonna hate this.
3: Yeah, but this is a dude who can <laughs> take off his shirt and, it, it,
1: and, it, and eat it,
3: you. it, yeah. So well, what color he can get away with pink?
1: What color is my turbo wing? Yeah. Pink. pink.
2: But the the Goldwing purists aren't complaining about
1: Oh, they do. (laughs) Trust me. Years ago, I put that bike on a Goldwing forum. Oh, God, I'm still getting hate mail for it now. Speaking of mail.
2: Yeah, so we got some emails. You've got
1: mail. Do you want me to pass this to Charlie? No, I
2: gave you the long one because your British accent makes it sound more interesting. (laughs) Um, I'm going to send this one to Bagel. But first... I have one that I need to share here. Um, then we need, we, need, we need everyone's help with this one. This one is called Leader of the Pack.
1: Or Packer of the Leeds.
2: No, Leader of the Pack. Um, this is one is from Chris. He says, ahoy, misfits. Ahoy, Chris. I was reading about the 1964 song Leader of the Pack. The Shangri-La. Exactly. Mm -hmm. To see what motorcycle was used for the revving engine sample on the song. Oh. Mm. The Wikipedia entry doesn't say, but a Facebook page claims it was a Harley Davidson. What do the finely calibrated ears of the misfits have to say? Keep up the great work. And as always, the rubber side down and the shiny side up. So I looked into this. And there's stories. Uh, One Mm. story is that, um, um, that somebody had to bring a motorcycle into the recording studio and take it up stairs and like into like an office where it's not supposed to be and and then and that's like the lore. But then people who were part of the recording session or, or one of the shangri-las once said that oh yeah it was just a a pre-recorded sound you could buy right you know a sound effect that we used. But interestingly enough, I also found some live shows with the Shangri-Las where they did actually have a motorcycle come on stage. One of them, it was obviously they were lip syncing to the song and there was somebody just revving and they weren't even revving in pace. But when they were on tour, there was an opening band, The Zombies. Yes. And the drummer of the Zombies, his job was to ride a motorcycle up on the stage and rev it for the song. So they've actually have oh. done that. So I did get a clip. Okay. So we're going to use finely tuned ears to see if you can identify what kind of bike this might be.
4: That's when I felt of that's, a,
1: that's a panhead.
3: Oh. that's a panhead. Yeah, uh, I'm. I'm saying and same. I'm. I'm hearing the the V-twin long stroke, but I'm deferring to Emma's expertise on yeah, that so one. Yeah,
1: that was
0: such a fast answer.
1: Yeah. It's <laughs> definitely an older one. It's a, this fucking panhead. But. if ever there was, it's yeah. It's that's a panhead. So, which means it would be quite a new bike. At so the time. when we're
2: pan, so the song came out in
1: 1965. Well, panheads were around. A, From
2: stop, stop, stop.
1: Um, do you want to hear it one more time? No, no, no. It's a panhead for sure.
2: I'm just gonna play it for our listeners, so everyone can hear. Ready? Oh, wait. There we go. Yeah,
4: that's
1: a panhead. It's it's got that raspy panhead because yeah. because a, a knock sounds a lot different. And I
2: will agree. I mean, it is going to be yeah. It's you can tell that it's a twin, not a single.
1: No, it's yeah. a twin. It's it's a panhead. Interesting.
2: I could not actually find any anywhere that it said, and I think it probably was a sample, and they probably didn't know. They said we need a motorcycle sound. Right. So I'm going to make it official. If anyone can uh, go on the Wikipedia page and update it.
1: Say it's a panhead. Say head. it's a
2: panhead, because Emma said so.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
5: You're now a source. <laughs> well,
1: hopefully, somebody who actually rides a panhead, and they, you know, they're getting kind of few and far between. You know, the pans were were kind of. I'm not going to say forgotten, but everyone really gets all steamed up over knuckleheads. The panhead engine replaced the knucklehead engine in
3: 1948 and was man- manufactured until 1965 there you
1: and go. then was replaced by the shovelhead. Right. And it's kind of and very, very early on in 65, you could have like pan shovels, which is basically a panhead on a shovelhead bottom end. But yeah, so it'd be basically a brand new panhead.
2: All right, Emma, you have an email there to read.
1: I do indeed. I've also got a cat sitting next (laughs) to me, which always makes me happy. Hey there, chuckleheads. This is Matt from Utah. Hey, Matt. Um, I made the journey ride from Utah to visit you in sunny Santa Cruz just over a year ago for the 500th episode. Matt was just in the desert with the guys. Yes. Um, It poured down with rain then as well. While I was there, I told your fearless leader, (laughs) Lisa. (laughs) I told your fearless leader, Liza. Um, I like Liza the Lisa. No, you don't. Okay, sorry (laughs) about that. About my plans to retire from my law enforcement career in the next year. Well, here we are a year later and I done did it. And to celebrate, I loaded my family up in a truck with a fifth wheel and we're travelling to the East Coast. Not to cast any shade on you folks, well, you already have, Matt. We left on December 28th, and as of today, we've visited six states, traveled 3,500 miles, and somehow not accidentally left anybody (laughs) during a gas stop. As of this moment, we're in Biloxi, Mississippi. Our next planned stop will be in Mobile, Alabama. Can't think of anything to say... I can't even think of saying that without a slack-jaw southern drawl. Mobile, Alabama. It's probably my personal hell. Yes. Oh, yeah. Motorcycles. Along the way, I was able to rent a bike in Tucson. From oh, oh yeah. great. From twisted Road. Oh, God, that worked out. I've rented from them before, and I left on this trip with my hellbitten gloves packed with me in the hopes of some fun rides along the way. As luck would have it, a good friend of mine and his family had flown to Tucson to play there with us. So, guess what? He rented one too. Cat. Yes. What is Emma's favorite thing to say? What is the greatest thing in the world? Riding with your friends. There you go.
2: I didn't know that. I know that. I thought it was gin and pickles. <laughs> Actually, gin I know she's, pickles, she's rather oh fond
3: dear. of wine so much that she steal it from the restaurant.
1: Well, uh, yes. Our well, mm. <laughs> Saxon steeds for the day were a pair of triumphs. Yeah. My friend had an older speed triple that appear to have made it through some hard times. <laughs> I And I hopped excitedly onto a 23 Trident 660, both great bikes. While it was still chilly for Arizona, we made the best of it and rode all day. We had some fun twisty canyon roads, that T's then never end, some longer stretches of highway to get some high-speed runs, and several smaller towns surrounded by craggly mountains. And true to the motto, live to ride, ride to eat, we found a cool little Mexican place in a small town. Now, listen, if you are eating Mexican food in New Mexico, you are eating... Oh, in Arizona. Arizona. Oh, yeah. No, you're getting you the proper... You are eating Mexican food. You're getting food. proper Mexican food. Yes. The kind of town that didn't even have a stoplight. We parked the bikes in the sun, hoping to summon a little warmth while we were inside. And wouldn't you know it, after some great tacos and a can of Coke, mm. we came out to warmth and sunny skies long story short it was just what i'd hoped for we since stayed many nights rv camping in rain cold humid heat and salty sea breathers we still have three more months on the road and i'm looking ahead to big towns where the rental bikes will be cheap and easy (laughs) that's kind of like me cheap and easy (laughs) um and yes I'm already anticipating a stretch boosa in Florida. I have a suspicion you won't have any trouble finding them. <laughs> oh, um, hopefully, it comes with a snorkel because it'll have me drowning in bitches. Wow, well, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: cheap and easy, I guess. Right. Basically, two giant, two giant wow. butt cheeks and a thong to go on the back of it. And, exactly. Yeah.
1: And between now and the journey's end, I'll enjoy putting my headphones and enjoying a good laugh with you, great folks and our dear friends from Cleveland. Who? No.
2: You know. Oh, those guys. They drink a lot.
1: <laughs> yes, the drinkers. The lushies. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, <laughs> isn't that awful? Thank you over and over for the great show. You're probably bombing the roads and trails of Hollister right now. No, we're not. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I could be there, too. Take care of yourselves, and I hope to make it out there this summer. It would be lovely to see you, Matt. So thanks, Matt, from Utah and other places. Oh, hell, there's a PS. Here's a pic of the trip, including that sexy 660, adorned with a Corbin seat, splash of red, and what I think is a cool aftermarket headlight and screen. And I tell you what, I was looking at this. Oh. God, it's a good-looking bike. Just, I mean, look at that bottom picture. That's a that is an killer-looking yep. bike.
2: Yeah, that is nice, isn't it? Yeah, I like I like uh, that cutaway on the tank.
3: That's yeah. a pretty good, good application like of, of Twisted Road, though, is to to do your travels across the United States and then you pop in at various different locations yeah, and, exactly. and rent and rent somebody's bike.
1: Yeah, we need to do another plug for Austin. Austin, if you're listening, come on the show again. Because we like having you on the show because you're mm. a good egg. Well, cool. Thanks,
2: Matt. Uh, we have one more email. Bagel, you have it there?
1: I do.
5: Uh, this is from James Miller. Hey, James. Um, a relative of yours, perhaps?
2: <laughs> We're all related. And <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
5: yeah, James writes Hello, misfits.
1: Hello, James. It's, it's Jeez, maintenance
5: James. season again, and I've got several projects to do between my 2019 street triple and my wife's 2019 Royal Enfield Mm INT-650 before spring.
1: We call those Royal Oil Fields here now. (laughs) (laughs) Royal Oil Oil (laughs) Fields.
5: January was just too cold in the garage to do anything. (laughs) Ha ha, no, I was just being lazy. (laughs) Yesterday, I was going to change the front pads on the triple, but when I removed one side, they looked fine. So I threw the micrometer on them and measured four millimeter of pads. So job done. <laughs> I'm just waiting on the oil filter to get here from India to do an oil change on the Enfield and adjust the valves while I'm there. <clears throat> then I have new tires to do as well as the originals on the Enfield are dated 2018. And I don't want to put my wife out there with tires that old. Oh no, <laughs> it's,
1: it's time, darling. Yes. A little hard. If,
5: if you're running short on time, you can snip the above out if if you read this on the air (laughs) but uh it's time to change out the coolant on the triumph Mm -hmm. and it has of course triumph hd4x coolant in it which is no longer available as triumph says to use their new spec coolant which requires a full flush beforehand Mm. while i can i'd rather not as it would be easier to replace it with some same specs coolant made by another brand my problem is the confusion caused by the different coolant specs it appears that xerox has a coolant for anything under the sun but i'm not sure which of these is compatible with the hd4x that's in there the two that seem correct to me are g48 and g05 but i can't tell which one is compatible with the current coolant okay. alternatively it looks like Mot- Motorex m5.0 might be compatible it's so confusing that I'm frozen trying to dis- uh, trying to trying to choose the right antifreeze. Help! Much love, one random
1: listener here, James. James, I'm going to tell you what to do. Darling.
2: Emma, I'm going to stop you there before you <laughs> give the answer. I have a
1: question. Yes,
2: can you use the food coloring in the coolant?
1: To, <laughs> no, you, oh, come <laughs> on. It with the food
2: but thing? funnily
1: <laughs> enough, coolant will always tell you when it needs changing anyway because it becomes. It, it starts losing its vibrant color.
0: Yep. Okay. And you can always pee in it.
1: You can pee <laughs> in it. Um. <laughs> so for your Triumph, here's what you're going to do. Triumph insist on their spec coolant because they worry about the compound of the aluminum in the engine, which does have some magnesium in it, just the head gasket and all stuff like that. Zerex Blue is perfect for that application so here's what you do you find the lowest point on the cooling system and they, uh, forgive me i just can't remember on the triumph it'll either be the lower hose or the water pump and the water pump may have a drain in it get your garden hose stick it um get the either the bottom hose off or the drain bolt in the water pump whichever is the lowest point get your garden hose and just stick it in the filler and and just flush everything out. You've got to say, "Wait, hang on, wait a minute. This is normal water. You're flushing it. You're flushing it. You're flushing it until it comes out as clear as it goes in the top. <clears throat> then what you're going to do is you're going to leave that drain bolt out for a few, you know, couple of hours. Make sure all the drips come out. You're going to put it back in. And then you're going to put Xerox Blue in it. It's going to be lovely. And it'll, your triumph will run cooler than ever before. You know manufacturers often make a big deal about coolant, um, and rightfully so because you don't want to put anything in there. But you're absolutely right. Zerex do coolant for everything, and as long as you use a coolant which is suitable for an aluminium engine, uh, an aluminium alloyed engine with a magnesium content in it. And blue is suitable for that application. You are just handy and dandy.
2: What do you think they use to make it blue?
1: Well, it's coolant, darling. It's not brake fluid. <laughs> just trying to find out. <laughs> just, to, just researching. So, tralala. There well, you go. There yeah, and but this applies to a lot of things. Is it's very, very easy um, to get become paralysed by a decision because you read these things and you go, oh my. God, if I do the wrong thing, my bike's going to explode or this or this or this or this. And in some cases, you know, you really need to be very, very focused on doing the right thing. Um, in a lot of cases, you're not. And I guess experience just comes with, with knowing what you can use and what you can't. Um, you know, all manufacturers have their pet lubricants. Um You know Suzuki of um, X Star right now. I think Suzuki are all about X Star and Ducati. I think it used to be called NE, or is it that the new name for? it?
3: Well, they've also they're also they're also hot on Shell. But again, we're back to government specs,
1: right? Exactly. So it's the same stuff. it's, It's it's basically it's the same stuff, and I know Triumph recommend Castrol. But the lubricants. label's
0: different. It has it says a different name on it. Right, exactly. Right.
1: And so, you know, it's, it can be a little bit easy to get paralyzed by it. But believe me, if you flush the system, and if you're worried about contamination just by flushing it with um, uh, um, tap water, and, you know, that's valid because you don't want to leave any in there. You know, just get purified water. Get distilled water and flush it with that. But the well, key is... Leave that bottom hose off, leave the drain out, pour it in the filler, and just let it flush through. Here's um word of warning. If you have little pets, antifreeze, especially older antifreeze, is irresistible to your pets. I thought they put, like, a
0: bitter agent in it now. Because yeah. <laughs> the glycol yeah. in it, like, tastes sweet.
1: Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Don't take the risk. Um and that might apply to uh, antifreeze that you buy on the shelf, right. but number one, Triumph was made in England, and I think the rules are slightly different there, and it may have the original coolant. So don't take the risk. Make sure you catch up not only all the coolant that comes out of it, but also all the flushing agent, whether it's you know from a tap, whether it's from... Um purified water, make sure you collect it all up and dispose of it properly. Because if you do have pets or other pets in the neighborhood and they drink it, it's gonna be fatal. So Ooh. yeah, you don't wanna be responsible for killing tiddles, the neighbor's cat.
5: Yeah, I don't uh, cause kidney failure.
1: I
2: changed that my mind stuff.
1: again. you did? <laughs> what? I think,
2: I think I'm back to the Stelvio. You
1: wanna try the Stelvio? Yeah, Stelvio uh, is a great looking bike, you know. It?
2: It's a hard choice. Well, there you go. Um Send us your emails. We want to hear from you. Motorcyclesandmisfits at gmail.com. And uh, ooh, I'll tell you, Emma, we have a visitor coming next week. Really? Yes. You're going to have to wait and see who it is. Oh, I'm excited. I, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, We I, have somebody I, joining us. I love visitors. I know. They're, they're traveling. I said, hey, can I come join you for the show? Yes, you can. Cool
1: exactly and we we actually encourage if anybody wants to come um and hang out with us at the garage or come and do the show um please come and do it it's, it's a lovely place to hang out
2: and hey if you're traveling and need to make a little bit of extra money the going rate right now is fifty dollars for a tidy whitey bike wash just saying <laughs>
0: it's not the going right it's the current mm-hmm. bid
2: <laughs> no, if they, they want to underbid you, oh. if they want to offer, they'll do it for forty. They can make some cash. That's what I'm saying. Yes, See, it's a two way street.
1: Yeah, yeah, it really yeah, yeah, is. Yeah. But fifty dollar for a uh, a tidy whitey uh, bike wash and a one blue sock. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, okay. Well, the the. I haven't heard the howling wind. Can you hear it out there? No, apparently it's supposed mm. to be blowing
3: right now, but it. Uh, so not, hopefully I things yet.
2: have calmed down and it's safe for everyone to get home. Yeah. Thank you, Cat, for sure. coming down here in a. Storm. Yep. Thank you, Emma, uh, for making it. I know you both. Uh, and Charlie, everyone ca- encountered yeah. <laughs> some some roadblocks of some kind. Uh, it's travels.
1: Darling, it is all about putting out the show. Yep. But this was important to me because I really believe in these European trips we do. Oh, um, they're a blast. They're an absolute blast. And, you know, I really want to encourage people to go on them. Um, we're going to do them regardless. Yeah. So it, it's but I want everyone to have the opportunity to have the fun that we do on them, which is basically why I do such a hard sell on them.
3: Yeah. Well in point it's it's to teach people how to do this on their own. You, you yeah. can do you can do it. You're a motorcycle rider. You should not be intimidated by travel.
2: <gasps> I just thought of how come you don't have Benelli's on this trip? But
3: you're talking to me. It's like That's like, I can, like I control what these most of the time. All we get is BMWs. Yeah. Uh, do they sell Benelli's in Italy? Yes, they do. But that is not part of the Piaggio group, as far as I'm. Yeah. I know. And I think it, they look just, down a, their
1: nose at them now. They're made in China. Yeah. You know, it's oh. not like the day. It's not like the days of the 750 Say or the 500 Quattro. Oh, yes.
2: So go to cool. MotorcyclesAndMisfits.com. you find the links to everything there. Thank and uh, that's where you also go there to go to our shop to claim Fine. your free T-shirt, which brings us back to thank you to all of our uh, patrons and subscribers. Yeah. This is how uh, we thank you. So get those shirts. That's one thing I love about going to events and seeing all the shirts, <laughs> spotting people.
1: <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's fun. And, you know, just a reminder that in the unlikely event that there are any complaints about this or any other show... Um, direct your complaints to Phil at Cleveland Moto.
2: I think we're supposed to say clevelandmoto at gmail.com because that was actually Phil's like
4: is private g- email. G- he <laughs> g- <laughs> didn't
2: appreciate Well, that's but okay. They do appreciate getting complaints about us. So, uh, yeah, yeah clevelandmoto at
1: gmail.com. Yeah, it gives them things to talk about between beers.
2: Since it is, uh, yeah, <laughs> cold there. Yeah, it's, it, and that's right. Yeah. So, there's another show thank you Cat, uh, for coming um, that was a good that was fun to get into the Moto got it kind of got me excited I want to like
1: Oh, they I want to go look
2: at Moto Guzis they now. get under your skin I want to go find one of the V85 TT's it's a beautiful
3: bike you oh, can the- go visit my client in Tahoe he has one in his oh, garage that's
1: too far I want to go find I, I was riding one last week Oh, I want to go see one. All right, all right, <laughs> all
2: right. Let's wrap this up. Thank you, everybody, for sticking with us. We really appreciate it. Time to get out of here. This is Liza. Emma, darling, give it the beans.
3: Charlie. This is Cat. Ride the dream. Mm. Mm, bagel.
2: And we are out of here.
3: Cool. 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 cool, cool. cool.